No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. With his father. All this is because the righteous mind does not permit itself to become persuaded. Because of any kind of superiority that comes to it. Now this means as follows. People allow themselves to be persuaded. They're constantly persuading themselves that there's somebody that are better than other people. That's human nature. Constantly. And sometimes without any cause at all. If there's a little cause, then they magnify it and they imagine that they're very important because of that. For the righteous people, because these things come to them to tempt them, and they have real temptation, so they really become great, they are able to overcome it by the efforts that they constantly exert themselves not to be persuaded by anything. The Yod of the Emes, they know in truth that not because of these superiorities do they go out from their status of a lowliness, that they understand a human being is lowly. Because of other faults or disadvantages, every righteous man is thinking about the faults that he has. And it's not possible to be without faults. Now, we say faults, we might think that he did certain big sins. Sometimes he did no sins at all. But he thinks, who am I? I'm a bustle of them. The time will come when the spirit will go out of me and I'll be nothing but garbage. Or run away and become worms. That's what I am physically. Or, who am I? I was born full of dirt like a child is born originally. Full of dirt and blood. I had to be washed up. Who am I? I had to go to the bathroom every day to get rid of my waste. Who am I? I must constantly eat and chew food and swallow to remain alive. Who am I? I'm so little in this world. I thought it's Baruch rules over a vast universe with tremendous worlds. And on each world, if we appeared on that little, on that world, wherever it is, we wouldn't be visible how so small we are. It's more than a germ is to us. A germ is bigger to our eyes than we are to the eyes of our colleagues Baruch And therefore, when people think these thoughts constantly, Nothing is able to overcome their humility. Even in those mysteries that he already accomplished, for he surely did reach the highest level that he could have accomplished. So in every mitzvah, you should know there are various degrees of perfection of the mitzvah. And the way we do it, let's say, most cases, we do it superficially. Are you thinking into the mitzvah? Are you doing it with a great love and appreciation that our Kodesh gave this opportunity to do a mitzvah? And so, in every mitzvah, there are degrees of perfection higher and higher. And therefore, the Tzaddik, when he does a mitzvah, looks ahead and sees what he could have done and he didn't achieve, and therefore he becomes 
lowly in his eyes. I say when he finishes davening, he thinks, oh, is that the way to daven? Is this this bocha? I wasn't thinking sufficiently, or even I was thinking, or I missed a great opportunity to think of certain ideas in that bocha, and therefore he's constantly looking for flaws in himself, and don't think it's just uh, 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 something that's not useful, but shouldn't think unnecessary. No. The more a person searches for flaws, the more perfect he becomes. And the more perfect he becomes, he's interested in humbling himself more. So it's constantly a process. He's looking for flaws in himself, and he continues to perfect the flaws, and then he thinks, well, look, because of that, I shouldn't become arrogant, for there's still some more things I didn't do. So it's a constant effort always to make himself better and better. So you see that Amaro is one of the big dynamos that cause people to become great. Say that inside. Even if you would find a case where a person is so perfect that he couldn't find any blemish in his mystery, of course that's impossible, but let it be granted that such a case could be found. The fact that he is flesh and blood is the same materials as lowly animals are. Yulud Isha, and is born from a woman in such an ignominious manner. Can it help? But that's how a person should realize he started in such a low manner, and therefore, how can you ever think that he is such an important personality, that he came down from the skies, that he was blown in on the wind as a gift the world? No, it's like anybody else. And therefore that makes him feel always capable of being an honor. That's enough. Even more than enough to make him feel low and unimportant. Until it won't be fit for him or proper for him at all to feel elevated. Now these things to us may seem ridiculous. Now the customs of thinking in these terms. For the great men who lived in this way, they succeeded. They thought constantly of these things. And therefore, they became very great in the meat of Anova, and very great in all of the forms of perfection that Anova brings with it. Say that inside. I don't think at every degree of additional perfection that he gains, he says, only because Hashem is doing kindness to me. Hashem is giving me a special favor, I'm becoming a London. Hashem is giving me a special favor, I'm becoming an honor. Everything that he accomplishes, he says, because Hashem is helping me, which is true. And therefore, he doesn't give himself any credit at all, which is not true. However, everybody must train himself to give all the credit to Hashem, like it says, Leilonu Hashem Leilonu, not to us deserves any credit. Give all the honor to Hashem. Hashem Give Hashem honor and strength. It's Hashem who did this. And therefore, the tzaddik is a person who with all his success is constantly saying, 
that nothing to do with me. It's only our cousin Yibola who's kindliness to me. Despite the fact that he, because of his nature, is low and is very unimportant. Still our Kodesh sees fit to bestow favors on him and help him succeed in various ways. Our king, therefore, all he can do is to thank the one who bestowed the favors upon him and always to be more and more humble. So therefore, what does the owner do when he gains more greatness, more superiority? He thanks Hashem more and more. And since he says this from Hashem, he becomes more and more humble. Say that, that's where we stop. From the middle of Anova, when a person learns not to be proud and feel superior to other people. Now this doesn't mean that a Jew shouldn't know that he's superior. A Jew should be superior. The and it is a certain mitzvah, he's surely superior to people who are not. There's no question about that. But among shomrei mitzvahs, each one has to feel that he is no better than anybody else, and he has to think that even though he accomplished certain things in Avodah Hashem and in knowledge of Torah, it's because I call his boy who gave him opportunities that others didn't have. If others have had his opportunities, they might have done even better than he did. But Mesha Rabbeinu, he surely knew he was better than anybody else. He says in the Torah. <coughs> it's a Muna to believe that Mesha Rabbeinu was better than anyone else. And still, he didn't give himself credit because he thought, if anyone had my opportunities, who knows how big they would have been. There's another husband that was mentioned before. Even if a man is aware of his superiority, but is also very much aware that he stands in the presence of Hashem, anybody who stands in the presence of somebody very big feels small. And in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he surely feels that is nothing. So no matter whom you are comparing yourself to, but if you both stand in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your superiority doesn't mean a thing. And therefore, we have a number of stimuli to stimulate a person into the attitude of another. That's what we're studying here. Now he's talking about the greatness of this media. Now, the Chain Omer Oif, Moshev, Roy Merubchem, Mikol Ho'amim, Koshak Hashem Rechem. Not because you are more than all the nations, our Kodesh Baruch delighted in you. Now, Merub can you can learn, not because you're more, and other besides, not because you're bigger. Rav can mean bigger too. So more doubts in the sense of bigger. Don't think you're bigger. All of them are Kodesh Baruch Yisrael. All I. I'm the Cheshik My children, 
I delight in you. Why do I delight in you? Because you don't make yourself greater. Shafiru, Shani Mashpi, Avachem Gidullah, even when I have bestowed upon you greatness, you diminish yourselves before me. You make yourself small before me. I mean, no matter how much greatness I give to individuals, these great men make themselves small. That's why I love you. I delight in the Jewish people. I give them muscle. I give greatness to Avalon. Avalon was called by the Goyim, the Sea Elikim, the Prince of Elikim. He was a conquering general. He was able to defeat the invading generals from the north. Also, was extremely wealthy. And Rambam said he had tens of thousands of followers. Rambam said tens of thousands of followers. And still, the Almighty said, I have nothing but dust and ashes. So we see, our great forefather, despite his superiority, which everybody acknowledged, he himself said he is nothing but dust and ashes. Not a muscle, he actually meant that. I know the way he said, Lephonai before me, to make themselves small before me. Alone, because he was aware of Hashem all the time, he's before Hashem, so he said, I'm nothing, I'm dust and ashes. I gave greatness to Moshe and Aaron. What are we? We're nothing at all. You might have said even more than Allah. Allah at least said dust and ashes. And they said, what are we? We're nothing at all. So Satik do a little dove, I gave greatness to dove. Amr said, no, he's her last of least. I'm a worm, another man. Cold there. Me ma shein aleif ha-yosha menei ha-shom li-stafis. Mishum ma'ilo It's because the right heart, the right-minded mind, doesn't allow itself to become persuaded because of any superiority which comes to him. Now, the world likes to persuade themselves. The smallest superiority makes them feel blown up and important. And even if they have no superiority, they all imagine that they have superiority. But even when these great people did have superiority, they had real superiority, they didn't allow themselves to be deceived and persuaded, and they continue to say we're nothing. The Yodo Be'emet, they knew actually, not because of that, of this superiority, will they go out of the status of their lowliness. They remain lowly despite their greatness. Now why doesn't he allow himself to be persuaded? Because of other things, these faults, that impossible he shouldn't have. Every human being has some faults. So because he is so constantly mindful of his faults, that doesn't allow him to become persuaded by the good things that he possesses. He's always thinking about his faults. Also, even in those mysteries, the good things that he already attained, he arrived at certain high degrees of perfection in certain things, he showed you didn't reach the last, the highest level. There's still more to attain. And therefore, 
the requirements of the Torah are so big that nobody can ever feel that he has fully done his duty. Said the Messiah. Says in the following words, it really for us is the first word, because we already have enough to keep us humble. We look back on our younger years, and even at now, what we did yesterday, day before yesterday, how we spent Yom Kippur, did we really do anything we promised to do? Every day in Salih, as we said every day, we will search out our ways, did we stop even five minutes to search out our ways? So we see it's hypocrisy, and we're just talking. So for us it's easy to find reasons why we should be humble. But now he's talking about the people who are really great men, and he's giving them advice how they should remain humble. Even we have no other blemish, the fact that he's flesh and blood, that's all he is. Flesh and blood, in the butcher shop, in the window you see bloody meat. That's what we are. You lose each and is born out of a woman in such an ignominious manner. Dialogue should be enough for him to understand even more. The Christus Agius to keep himself low and humble. Until superiority will not befit him at all. Say that in time. Kiharei kol mailoshi humasi ene elachesed kelos. Actually, any good thing that he acquired was only a kindness of Hashem to help him do that. Shoveitse lochan reisa. Hashem wanted to favor him, even though he didn't deserve it. Although, according to his nature, the Chomeliyuse, and according to his character, his creation, his suffering and his doubt is very low, every human being is almost nothing, still our college brother has pity, and he helps us to certain degrees that we don't deserve of our own. They say sometimes you fell into a good family. You were born in a good family, or you had good, a good rebbe, or good chaverim. Things that happened in your life that steered you in the right direction. It's all the gifts from our college brother who to help you. Our came, ain't low, the high days of Isachanana. All he has to do is to thank the one that bestowed this upon him. Has to thank Hashem. Will he call now Tommy Jason? And always to be lower and lower because of that. If you receive a gift from someone whom you can't pay back, you feel very humble towards him. So we should always, whenever you gain, let's say you become a London, you should think, who am I that I should deserve to be a London? I call this brother had pity on me, and he put me in the right neighborhood, and the right environment, and gave me a good head. All gifts to Hashem I am. Gave me ability to learn, opportunities, and therefore I'm grateful to him. And because he did so many things, I'm nichnam, humbled more and more before him. Holy Moses, how can you compare this? We only the Evian, a poor man, and he receives a gift only out of kindness, not that he deserves. What's his reaction? It's impossible not to be embarrassed. Of course, today people don't have the meters that these thought I'm expected to have. But according to what people used to have meters, 
when a person receives a gift that he didn't deserve, a poor man, and suddenly somebody goes and gives you a bountiful gift, you feel very much embarrassed that he did it to you. The greater is the kindliness that you're getting, the more embarrassment you have. Don't know what to answer. You have no words to say. Can't even move him out to say thank you. You're so embarrassed. And so when I call this boy, he gives us certain things. I say, he gives you good muscles, gives you a tall height, gives you good looks, you're a, a pleasant-looking person. He gives you other gifts. You have to thank our Kodesh Baruch and not be arrogant because of them. On the contrary, be more and more humble because of them. So it's to do with every people, every man whose eyes are open, leaders as asthma. He should look at himself. What is he that he receives such great gifts from Hashem? When he receives good gifts from Hashem, if he has good head, or he has ability to learn, or he's a, let's say he's a, a good personality, all these things are gifts from Hashem. Some people are born with a clumsy personality, with poor heads, they're not good looking, and the fact that Hashem gave you all these things, that's no reason to be stuck up and conceited, I can't get it. You should say, who am I to deserve all these gifts? So they said, What can I pay back to Hashem for all that He bestowed upon me? And the more Hashem bestows on you, the bigger the question, what can you pay back? You can't pay back anything. You can't pay back anything, so you're very much embarrassed. Say that inside. First paragraph, Kvodo In. On the subject of Anova. And the fear of working to acquire that attitude of Anova. Ukvodo In, Chasidim Gedoyalim Shenenshu. We have already seen great Hasidim who were punished. Because they considered it their own accomplishment. So that means that they considered that they had accomplished something. And they did accomplish something. But they shouldn't have given themselves credit for it. In Kol Hasidus, despite all their Hasidus, they were punished. I'll give an example. Nechemyeh ben Chachalya. Omru Zuchem Elohim. Chachom Why wasn't the Sefer called in his name? Now in our Tanakh, there's a Sefer Nechemyeh and a Sefer Ezra. But originally, Ezra and Nechemyeh were one Sefer. So why wasn't Nechemyeh's Sefer called on his name? Because he considered it what he accomplished as his only achievement. That means he knows, of course, that Akkadish Baruchu gives people the opportunity to succeed in doing things. And still, he considered it his achievement. But he did great things. 
And yet, he was blamed because he should have said, I did nothing. I was merely the shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Now, there's no question that Nehemiah did say so, but because there was a certain amount of pride in his achievements, for a great man like that, it was considered something worth criticizing. When it comes to my status, I am very bitter. My shalom is very bitter because he was in a situation where he was endangered. Now, why did it happen that he was in that situation? Because he should honor I am going to protect this city of Yerushalayim for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. And HaKadosh Baruch said that intentionally let him know is omitting his name. And not for the sake of Chizka who was then the Melech and he was a very great Sadiq. So HaKadosh Baruch didn't say that for his sake he would do it. He said for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. So Chizkiah felt very much distressed because he received this snub as a reproof. Anybody who hangs it on his own schus, anybody who gives himself credit for something, so I call this Borahu attributed to somebody else. So he should be deprived of the credit. So you see, saying Lordum, I feel Hazik A man should not be grateful to himself even for good things that he did. He shouldn't feel that he is the author of even the good things that he did. Because the king saw Yusnas and surely a man shouldn't be proud to ye him and they come and concede it. Now, they weren't conceded, these Tzadikim mentioned here. Only these Tzadikim had a certain feeling that in their merit and their schus, things turned out that way. The Chemia, they did Tikkunim to the Am Yisrael, and Chizki also very great things he did for Am Yisrael. So he felt he had a share in this accomplishment. And I called his brother who let him know that he shouldn't have thought that way. They weren't actually conceded because of that. So certainly how long it will be for people to do good things and then become arrogant and proud because of them. Say that inside. Now we might feel surprised at the big length that he devotes to this subject. And we'll say, we agree with him. Why speak so much about it? But we must know that every person has that dynamo in him that activates his personality. He thinks he is something. And that causes him to be difficult to deal with. It causes him to retard his progress in life. It causes very many things. Like a guy they are called Khatas. The source of all the sins is this secret arrogance that almost everybody has. And so it's not superfluous 
And as much as you'll speak about it, it's not enough. Now he asks, all that I said until now, he said, is really unnecessary for us. It's only for great people that I'm saying these words. But for us, it's not necessary. Because we know that we have faults. All these things are for a person to put to his mind. If he was as big as Abraham Avinu, so he has to worry. Maybe he has something of elegance in him. Maybe. To Moshe, to Aaron, to David, or Shora Hasidim, or the other righteous people we mentioned. But we, we don't have to look far to find faults in ourselves. You say me, you say me, Mona. We're like orphans. An orphan that somebody didn't teach him any kind of Dalachas. We are orphans of orphans. We don't need all that. We have plenty of faults in ourselves to humble us. You don't need much examination in order to see our lowliness. And all our wisdom is worth nothing. So therefore, for us, all we have to do is to turn our gaze inward and examine ourselves, and we'll see plenty of reason why we should not be considered. However, although he says that, doesn't mean it's easy, because everybody views himself in the most favorable light. Everybody looks at a magnifying glass on any good things he possesses and looks at a magnifying glass on any good things and any wrong things other people possess. Looks at other people's faults with a magnifying glass and looks at his achievements with a magnifying glass. At his fault, he looks at another kind of glass that makes it seem smaller and smaller than it is. And other people's achievements, he looks through a glass that makes things seem smaller and smaller. So there it's not so easy. However, if a person is sincere and they start looking at himself truly, you'll find so many faults that it will be easy to become an honor. Stay up to here. Because oh. even the greatest chokham among us, is only like a disciple of the disciples in the older generation. That we should really know and understand. We should know and understand that we are far beneath the generations that pass by. And our mind should not be arrogant for nothing. Because it really is for nothing. We have to recognize that our understanding is weak, and our mind is weak, exceedingly. We have exceedingly weak minds compared to the generation that passed. The foolishness is very great among us. We not only don't have the abilities that they had, but there's a great deal of foolishness today. Our toes go less, and the errors become stronger and stronger. Because the errors, as the generations pass by, become entrenched in mankind. For instance, literature has established all kinds of false ideas that in the course of time become accepted by the people. 
even wicked things become accepted as time goes on. Attitudes that were once considered absolutely antisocial and criminal are today considered something to admire. And everybody is influenced by the trend of this generation. So not only we're not capable of the understanding that our earlier generation understood, but today we have to contend with so many falsehoods that we have to know that our minds are poisoned by the environment. We have to know that. And what, what we do know, is only a minimum of a minimum. Certainly, there's no reason why we should be arrogant. We should be embarrassed and we should feel lowly. Now, we have to understand that this is against what most people are thinking. They say, if you are complex, to think they're nothing, that's a psychological weakness. A person should have confidence and think that there's somebody. Now, we're learning just the opposite. You have to learn, however, like was explained before, inferiority complex is an illness of a person who wants to be the top. And he's sorry that he's not recognized at the top. It hurts him. That's why he has a complex. But the Sadiqim who strive to feel that they are low in the presence of Hashem, these are proud if they gain an attitude of humility. That's what Avraham said. I'm just an ashes. He worked on that. He wanted to have that attitude. And on Rishabhina says, Nachnumah, we are what are we? And I'm a worm. So they worked on it. And they wanted to make themselves lowly and that was their success. That's why our novel is such a difficult meeting because people don't even have the attitude that they should even try to gain our novel. I'll say that aside. Arabesai begins a series of suggestions how to practice our novel Ramaisa. I was mentioned here by somebody. Above he said that a person is in honor only outwardly, but inwardly he didn't acquire that meter, so he is a dangerous person. He's simulating, he's a fraud. So how can the Sivishan now start on the whole system of external deeds? telling us you should sit in the back seat, for instance, and do things like that. If you didn't acquire the meter, so isn't that a dangerous thing? You're just trying to deceive yourself? And the difference is as follows. When a person doesn't care about getting on over, but he sits in the back seat, it's a sign of arrogance sometimes. He sits in the back seat and he laughs at everybody up front. He ridicules them. He talks about some horror on them. He laughs at them. That happens very many times. Don't think the backseat people are such sadikim. When a person takes a backseat, however, because he wants to train himself by outward acts to influence his mind gradually, to think in terms of our novel, that's something else. And that's the thing they're going to suggest. Now, mice and deeds of our novel, if you do those deeds with the intention, with the hope, that will help you to come and honor that it's a to do these things that he's going to tell you. That's all for now.
Kufmem Zayan. To repeat what was said before, the Mechaber, when he talks about Anova, explains that it's an attitude of the mind. But those people who publicly demonstrate that they are not in, but inwardly they are not, are only deceiving and they are not Anshe Emas. However, suppose a person wishes to become an Onov, and in order to be Mashpia on his Pneumis, he wants to do outward actions that, by auto-suggestion, are Mo'ela the Pneumis. This, he has told, is a good thing. To behave like an Onov with the intention of becoming an Onov, he considers a good thing. So once more, to behave like an Onov and not to want to be an Onov, that's a Ramoyes. It's a fraud. But to behave like an honor with the intention of becoming an honor, he recommends that. Up to now we spoke about humility in thought. That's a real honor. Now we'll speak about being an honor in Meister, which means if a person wishes to influence himself to become an honor by means of his outward acts, he recommends some of the following suggestions. And he divides it into four different aspects. One way is how to behave in a lowly manner. Second, how to suffer, to tolerate when people shame him, embarrass him. Third, to hate any signs of mastery or domination over others and running away from cover, and the fourth, giving cover to other people. And these four ways, a man can train himself to become an author. Now he explains, the first, he should act in a lowly manner. He should do that in a way he talks, in a humble manner, the way he walks, the shift the way he sits, or behold to nurse, and all his movements should be done like an honor. Bidibur, and I'll explain. He should talk like an honor. A person should always speak gently to people. He shouldn't raise his voice on anybody. And he shouldn't talk loud and demonstratively. Words or the wise are heard gently. Now, one of the Pirushim is, if they want their words to be heard, they speak gently. When they speak gently in Ishmael, the words are heard. So you have more effect when you speak gently. But besides that, it makes a change in your character too when you speak gently. So if you is to speak always words of respect to people, and not words to scorn people or belittle people. He who scorns his fellow man lacks sense. Because if you understand, 
In order that Solomon is important. Everybody is important in some way. The Salamarikim is a Yisrael, and that causes the border who loves Oyev Amar Yisrael. If it's a Shema Mitzvah, I call this boy who loves him for that alone. And therefore everybody deserves respect. And if he shows disrespect to somebody, he's a chasa lady, he's lacking seichel. Bevoi rosha bo gambush. They say when a rosha comes, then there comes disrespected people. Disrespected people is a sign of a rosha. So now we learn one of the ways of practicing another is the way we speak to people. We have to speak gently, we have to speak politely and respectfully to everybody. And in a modest, medium tone of voice, not to raise the voice high. In the way he walks. They sent a message from Israel. How can you recognize a man who is a candidate for Eulamabo? And this song, if he is a humble person, Ushfal Berech, his knees are low. And what that means, hard to explain, so I won't bother explaining it. Shayat Ayah, he quietly comes in, Shayat Noch, and quietly comes out. Some people, when they come in, bluster, make a big noise when they come in, and you release, make a big noise. This man slips in, and he slips out, quietly. The Lord, he shouldn't walk with an erect stature. Now, this needs an explanation. To walk bent over is not a healthful posture. But here it doesn't mean you shouldn't walk in a correct manner with your head up. Ancient times, people who were important used to demonstrate their importance by picking up their chins and they pointed their noses toward the sky. It was a sign you were an important personality. You didn't want to look at anybody. You raised your head so you shouldn't have to look at people around you. That was considered a sign of somebody who is a ruler, a tyrant, and therefore anyone who emulates that form of posture is considered a Baldaiva. If you walk straight ahead like a man minding his own business with a straight posture, that's considered a kosher way. You shouldn't walk with great heaviness, some people want to show how important they are, so they pace very slowly. His heel alongside his great toe, step by step. Today is out of style, but it used to be the custom, because the train and the base on me just walked that way. Acres had jail. Because the service of our calling Lord is so important that every step was taken with the greatest carefulness. And it walked very slowly. And people grew out in the street in the days of old for the purpose of chesivas. Well, nobody does it today anymore. So he walks like anybody who's going to his business. He's minding his own business and not thinking of being superior to anybody. The person walks with his head up in the air. As if it's pushing I call the Yvonne out of this world. I call the Yvonne herself. That my feet are on this earth. And you, because of your arrogance, you feel I'm a competitor with you. Even I call the Yvonne who has no place in this world to a man who's a Bulgarian. So by picking up your head, you're pushing your shin out of the world.
perceive a Those people who are elevated of stature, you do him no be chopped down low, sit on the side. Be shivto, and the way he says, he should see themselves among the lower people, low be not on it, not among those who are more elevated. It means he sits an ordinary person, and he finds a way to sit that is demonstrative, unusual, that shows that this man is a Gaiva, Balgaiva, or already for her calling. I give the two separate stories. In the Balgaiva, he thinks it's important, and it's not fitting for him to sit like everybody else, or he is eager for COVID, is ready for her COVID. One of these two are proven by the way he sits. Or, when he comes in, he always tries to sit at the head table. Also a sign, the fellow who doesn't deserve it, he always tries to have authority and show that he's somebody. Those who are nobodies or the ones who try to see the authority and show they're somebody by going to the forefront of it. Pedjets, Kripitz, Barash. The nobodies, they jump in the forefront. The Hugan came in to a monitor open passage, I'll pierce harder if they remember. Don't glorify yourself in the presence of the king. When there's a king present, recognize that you're nobody. And we're all in the presence of a king, Hashem is our king, so everybody should be in honor. Moshe Rabbeinu, because he was more aware of Hashem than anybody else, that's why he was honorably called honor. Don't place yourself in the place of great people. Now that's always an important principle, and you can spot those people and know immediately who they are, by their desire to sit always in the seat of the most authority. Say that is not. The bottom paragraph is all again. The shift tone. He's speaking about external ways of practicing anava with the intention that his machshobas internally should also be affected. He shifts up when he sits. He should put his place among the lowly and not among the haughty, not among the proud. He tries to see himself in unimportant places. Rugan it's an open passage. Don't glorify yourself in the presence of the king. Don't stand in the place of the great ones. It's better that they should tell you, come up higher. Come up higher here. Then lower you down and saying, go down in the presence of the important people, Asherai Neha. I mean, when a person lowers himself, so people recognize his worth, will try to elevate him. When a person elevates himself, when he's not worthy, so people will try to demote him. Go away from your proper place, 
two or three places lower and sit. Until they'll tell you, go up to your place. They'll tell it. Don't go up high. The people should say to you, hey, go down. They'll call them on those who make themselves smaller. They said to the Lord, Anyone makes him smell smaller in this world because of divrei Torah, and sometimes he cannot have all the glory that he likes to get in order to learn Torah. He might have to lower himself to listen, let's say, to somebody else. He'll become great in the world to come. So people are willing to lower themselves for the sake of Torah in this world, will be rewarded, and in the world to come, they'll be given a place of greatness. Say that in fact. Thank you. 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 Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Remove the mitznefes, that's head covering of the crown, and take off the crown. So they commented, anyone who is great in this world, is small in the world to come. And from this we see the opposite. The one who makes himself small in this world, the place at the time of his greatness will be in the world to come. A man should always learn from the mind of his Creator. When he wanted to give the Torah, he left over all the mountains. And he caused the Shina to rest on Har Sinai, which is a relatively small mountain. Because Asinai was a low mountain, and Hashem shows that, in order to demonstrate, that's how people should also be. will keep his promise to those, the remnants of his estate. His estate means the Jewish people, that was his estate. For the remnants, he makes himself as he were only remnants. Those who make themselves only like Shehai and like leftovers, not the main part, they're not causing Baruch who have a special compassion for them. That's the first section which was devoted to outward acts that affect a person's attitude and make him more humble. Now it goes to a second. A second way to acquire another to tolerate embarrassments. If people shame him to take insults and not to become excited about it. A man who feels his importance becomes very excited when somebody doesn't recognize his greatness. But a person who's an honor thinks, what about it? Maybe uh, I don't deserve much honor anyhow. 
the mean is to whom does Hashem forgive his sins? The Mishra al Pesha. To those who pass over transgressions that are done to them. Hashem forgives sins to people who forgive other people. So therefore, it's, it's a good policy for a person not to be angry at those who were careless about his honor because our Kodesh Baruch Hu will forgive his sins. Those who are put to shame but they do not shame others in return. It's even higher degree. They hear their embarrassment, their shame, and they don't even answer. The first part means they answer, but they don't shame anybody. The second part is they don't even answer at all. Upon them the Pasuk says, Those who love Hashem, Hashem is big will be like the sun comes out in all of his mightiness. For the sun, when it's overshadowed with clouds, it doesn't mean that the sun stops being your sun. Whatever it is, it is anyhow. So no matter what you are, even though you're beclouded with people's insults, you should know it doesn't subtract from your true personality at all. And therefore the man who is an honor keeps quiet and he doesn't take any umbrage or try to retort when somebody is disrespectful to him. Say that. They related about the greatness of the humility of the Tane Bove Ben Buta. Tell the Shainam. Ahu Baal Bovel, there was a man who came from Bovel. Now the language of Bovel was different from the language of Eretz Yisrael. The Solik Lahad Yisrael, he came up to Eretz Yisrael. Nos of each, and he married a woman. Now the woman, was a soil person. She didn't understand perfectly her husband's language. Almost he said to her, Bashiri say Talpi. Cook for me two Talpi. Talpi says it anymore. Now she didn't understand what Talpi meant. She thought it meant Bashi she cooked him say Talpi. It was just something else according to her language. He became angry at her. Because she didn't obey him, he thought. The Mocha Oman, the next day he said, Bashiri, bake for me grieve. Agreve, in his language, meant one thing. Bashiri, she cooked for me grieve. And therefore, with something else in her language. Oman said, Zile go, she was angry. I say, bring me Tayyibutsini. That Tayyibutsini would mean, in Babylonian language, two pumpkins. Although she went, I she brought three two lamps. Because an oil lamp is good seen in our Israel. Almost they say, Dearly go, Tabayasan, break these two oil lamps, they were clay lamps, break them, I'll raise the buffet, on the top of the buffet. Now, buffet means the gate in buffet. So go outside and break them on the gate, smash them. But she thought it meant the tiny buffet the head of Bobby the Tana. She was a loyal wife, so she took the two clay lamps, Abba Yosef, Bobby, but he was sitting above it near that gateway, because during dinner, and he was judging a judgment among two people, although she went, the Tana, I think she broke the two lamps, Alish, over Bobby's head. 
Um, he said, my heart doing that. What, what's this that you did? He said to her. Um, she said, taxi when he bought My husband commanded me. Um, he said, at us, he said, son, violent. You did the will of your husband? I'm him. Yes, he mim koshnei bonim. I thought his bonim should produce from you two sons like Bobby Ben Buddha. That was the blessing he gave. So therefore, that's a sign of a great man that is able to accept embarrassment. Say that inside. The Hillel Tanoi came, also Hillel. Sipru Mereivan Vesinusim Yisra Shabbos. They speak about the great humility of Hillel. Mesifta Shabbos says, quote, Tanoi Loilom Yehodim Anderson Kill. A man should always be humble like Hillel. It tells a story that a man came and asked him questions that seemed silly questions. And Hillel was busy bathing for Shabbos. Still, he came out and wrapped himself around and sat down to listen to the man's silly question. Then when he said, ask a good question. And later again, after Hillel went back into the house, the man cried out again, where is Hillel? So Hillel came out again, and the man again asked him still another silly question. Three times, and each time Hillel came out and said, my son, you asked a good question. So it turned out that at the end, that this man had made a wager that he could cause Hillel to become angry. And he lost money on that. So Hillel said to him, it pays to lose money and to have at least Hillel in the Jewish people. It means that Hillel should be an example. People should learn not to get angry. So Hillel was a model for the whole world, the humility of Hillel, and it was considered one of the chief praises of this great man. He was a very great man in every respect. And still, his humility is placed, so he has a crown, even for a great man, to have this meat of humility, besides all his other accomplishments. Say that's what we're stopping. I can tell. Seven shuras down from the top. Zerah Shemi quotes a statement about Hillel. Tone Rabbana, Lo'elom Yehayodim Anderson Kehillel. Now this introduction to the story explains that it's not merely telling about the greatness of Hillel, but that's a model. He's talking about a model to call Yisrael. Because in that story Hillel said to the man who lost 400 zoos because he made a wager they could make Hillel angry so Hillel said it's worth losing two times 400 zoos and Hillel shouldn't become angry why is that? because we need a model and the model for every Jew from the case of Hillel is worth 800 zoos to every Jew every Jew could pay 800 zoos to have such a model for the privilege from here. So now we know the whole story took place only that it should serve as a model for the cloudy soul. Not only one of the great things that Hillel did in his lifetime. Story is Nifloyes or Sadiqan. It's quoted as a model for cloudy soul. Rabbi Abu 
already showed how great he was in this meet of another. He said, I find I'm still not ready to be worthy to be called an honor. At the beginning, I thought, I'm this honor, I am an honor. Because he strove and he tried to gain the malice, the madrigas were an honor. But when I saw the behavior of Rabbah Akko, what was his behavior? He said one reason for a halacha, which he was saying to the Amor, the loudspeaker was supposed to announce the words of the Rashi Shiva, and the Amor, instead of explaining the way the Abba explained, he gave his own explanation. The Amor had time on. The Amor had a different reason. Imagine here is the Rashi Shiva sitting, and he's speaking quietly to the loudspeaker, the man who announces it, and told him an explanation. And this man goes out on his own and gives his own explanation. And Rabbi who did not show any anger at all. I mean, I said, that's the case. Love, I'm, the son. I'm not an honor compared to him. Say that inside. Now from this we see that anger is the opposite of another. So we come to Misha Abenu, who was the greatest owner of Nikol Ho'odam Pnei and we find a number of times that Yitzhak Moshe, Moshe became angry. And that proves, therefore, Moshe wasn't angry at the fact that they disregarded his orders. No. He wouldn't be angry at that. Because when Miriam and Aaron were discussing Moshe's Madrege, and they misinterpreted his importance, Moshe didn't care. His honor married. But when Moshe became angry, it was because he was angry for the honor of Hashem. That's a different story. So sometimes a person could become angry and not a contradiction to his honor, because he's taking up the honor of Hashem. But in many cases, people think they're taking up the honor of Hashem. Actually, they're angry because of their own honor. And that is an opportunity to deceive oneself. So usually an honor doesn't become angry. Now, another one of the forms of gaining another is by avoiding mastery. Abundance means mastery, dominance over other people. And running away from honor that people could give you. Mishnah Ruch is open Mishnah. Love works. And hate Rabbonus. Now, Rabbonus in this sense means that somebody should appoint you as a Dayan and they should give you authority and you wouldn't have to work. So, in order that you should avoid vainglory and the deepest it's better that you should work. It's a remarkable statement. Better work. Now, it doesn't mean work and don't learn. They work and they learn, like Abaya. Abaya works and he learns. And many others. I mean, Shuma Hananya, he works and he came and other does them. So it means, don't look for a master. However, when the time comes, if the people insist and you can't get out of it, then you have to accept. Otherwise, try to avoid any kind of glory 
that can cause people to forget the great principle of emulating Mesha Rabbeinu to be an honor. Omer Oed, Hagas Libor Bahagor, he who makes his heart proud in giving decisions, that means he's in a hurry to give decisions because he thinks his opinion is the only real opinion and doesn't consult his fellow Dayonim, Shoytan. Roshe, the Gasua. In the Gasua, it's a sign of elegance. In the Shoytan, people make mistakes, no question. When a person relies on himself and doesn't consult others who are competent to contribute to his opinion, that's right, don't make mistakes. And is a Russia because he's deceiving the people and misleading them. The Omru. It's a rule. When you pursue COVID, COVID runs away from you. COVID comes only to those who run away from it. It could be that some people might show him COVID, but actually Behind his back, they scorn him because they see desires covered. It's up to him. On this subject that I mentioned, love work, it has come to such a stage that it's considered a great disgrace to do any work at all. Even that person is a big palm but he spends a little time on his palm so it's considered a disgrace. People in Yerushalayim, some of them, refuse to do a thing and therefore they live in poverty and they prefer even to become ill from poverty rather than do work. So he said, no, love works. And how? Love works. Work is very good for your character. Now work is not necessarily a contradiction becoming a god over your soil. People can work and still utilize their time to make progress in learning and become very great. The Omgo I'll take love is Maya. Now the Pasik keeps shooting me something else. Don't hurry to get into an argument, a fight with somebody. Because you don't know what's going to be the end. He might put you to shame and you'll remain with a bad name as a result of going to that argument. That's the plain meaning. But he quotes a minor Chazal that explains it to something else. Don't try to argue to gl- for glory. Argue in order to get an upper hand in some kind of a uh, uh, giving out of glory, honor. Never run after mastery. What will you do afterwards? You are running after mastery, you want to be a great man, you want to be appointed as an important person. Tomorrow will come to you we are shall ask you questions. But will you answer them? That's how it translates. So I'll pay don't hurry into a riv. Now riv here it means to be a man who judges Rivim, a man who is a judge. If you're not capable, don't be in a hurry. Just because you desire glory. What will you do when they'll ask you questions that you're not able to answer? Anybody that takes mastery, any kind of office, in order to have benefit from it, doesn't do it with Shem Shemayim. He's like a noyev. He has no business with that woman. Also, he has no business with this position 
because it's strange to you. Now, that's a remarkable statement here. This statement needs a palish yet. But it tells us that how offensive it is for a person who is not suited for a certain authority to assume that authority. Say that aside. Men test like in toes. Four shooters up from the bottom on the rabbi above. Following Maima is a declaration that only Akkadish Baruch deserves to have power or to be elevated because he is perfect. But everyone else should know that because of his imperfections he cannot be proud. Again, I Hashem am called Kodesh. Because I have all the qualities. Now, by the way, this is a parish and word Kodesh. Kodesh means Sholem, Shlemus. I am the perfect one. You say, Alto Kodesh, you Hashem are perfect. You have everything. If you don't have all the qualities that I have, don't take upon yourself any mastery or dominion. Because only the Chol Hashem Hagedula, the Agvura, Atiferes, the Anesha, Ahei, the Chol Hashem Amamaloho, Amisnasi, the Cholosh. Only you, Hashem, are the one who has the right to be elevated above everyone, because you have all the qualities. The Talmidei Rabban Gamliel Yochichu. I bring the proof. Talmidim of Rabban Gamliel. Shohiu Mutzrochem Hevlei Anishim. They needed because of their poverty to take some kind of a position. But the Lord said, they didn't consent to the Kabel Aleyemsa, to take upon themselves any mastery, dominion over other people. So even though they were Dochik in Palmosa, so they wouldn't take upon themselves any kind of mastery. Humashe Omu, the Perek Kremashiach, I was talking about those whom I called his Lord appointed. He made them officials. Do you think I'm giving you mastery? No. If you become leaders over my people, you should know you're the servants of my people. I'll do something this I'm making you servants. So therefore, if a person, let's say, becomes a Dayan or becomes a Rosh Shiva, he should know that I call his Lord making a servant of the people. He has to serve them. Alas, for those who have mastery, it shortens their life. You know how I know my Yosef. 
Shemibnei Shehinik Asmei Rabbon. Now he didn't do it himself. Parei decreed upon him that he must be the leader of all, all the Aras Mitzrayim. But because he became a leader over all the Aras Mitzrayim, Mes Kedem Echad. Kedayom Yosef, he dies first, then the whole Echad and his brothers. Now he wasn't the oldest brother. He was one of the youngest. But because he had in this world too much power, although it wasn't his fault, but I called his brothers, that's enough for you. Too much, the one that you have in this world. Said that aside. ‫הוא <laughs> When a person is all alone, as an individual, and he dwells among his people, not as a leader, he's swallowed up among all the other people, and in a nispas, he's only caught, made responsible only for his own deeds. Because he has no power over others, so he's responsible only for the wrong thing that he himself did. But once he has power, he's elevated to power, so now he's responsible and he's caught by the judgment for all those who are under him because he could have prevented or influenced people and therefore he's responsible. It's his business to look over everyone who is under his dominion. And he had to lead them with knowledge and proper behavior. Haskell means to do things in a wise way, proper behavior. And to see that their deeds are straight. If he didn't do that, I'll put them over your head. So you must say, don't say, Asimim, the Asham, I mean the Asham, the sins will be on their heads. See, Omer Chacham. Now this means that wealthy people are also held responsible. Because wealthy people are influenced, are able to influence others. Like the Amara says in Sukhe. If Neymar Balebatim, Yodim and Yechsem, why do wealthy people sometimes become poor? So the more answers because they didn't use their, their influence to make other people obey the Torah. Which means a wealthy man also has a tremendous power. He can open his mouth and people are afraid of him. And therefore anybody who has authority, wealth or fame, a mefulsome, anybody, should know that our Kodesh Bola gave him this for a purpose. And he has to utilize it in order to spread Yerushalayim and proper behavior among the people. And he's going to be held responsible. That's why Kohen Godel. Kohen Godel is held responsible. If somebody killed some old Bishoyi so he's in Godel until the Kohen Godel dies. Why? So the Kohen Godel has to suffer. All these people are sitting in Oren Mikla and they're hoping the Kohen Godel should die soon. So they should be released. So you see, 
That's the responsibility of the Kohen Gadol. In more than one way. He's responsible for the Maitim, also he's responsible for not being misfollowed of, have to play more for them, whatever it is, he's responsible. And there was any kind of authority is a heavy responsibility, say that. Done. And now he says, besides all considerations, the essence, covet itself, is nothing but a delusion. It's nothing but imagination. We are covet, ain't all the havel havolim. Covet is nothing and nothing. It causes a man to go away from his good sense, and the good sense that our Kodesh Bor expects of him. Makes him forget all his responsibilities. He's so bloated with his thoughts of his happiness of himself that it makes him forget all his faults. And those who recognize what covet really is, he'll be disgusted with it, and he'll hate it. We have to hear this, and all the praises that people shower upon him, will be to him just a bother. It's a useless way to hear people praising him. When he sees that they are making great praises on him, for things that actually are not true. Ain't Elam is Bish, of course he thinks it's true. But if it's a man with title, he'll understand that the praises are all exaggerated. Many times you hear stories about Gedolim, after many of these stories are not true stories. People are exaggerating. It's important to know that. And therefore, when they wrote the Sefer, Aliyah Eliyahu, so they made a committee of three Gedolim Yisrael, to pass on every story to see if it's authentic before they put it into the cipher. Because there's so many legends about the going or other Sadiqim that are not true. My Sanisim and other things. So these three daily Israel were the ones who passed which stories can be put in and which not. Now, if that's possible, that people can exaggerate, then the person whom they exaggerate about, he's certainly a customer to be persuaded and he'll believe in all these stories. He'll think of somebody. But a man of a circle will recognize that the exaggerations are not true. Ainolam is gracious, is ashamed. Um and he groans, he sighs. Al Shalo Dilo Shekhasih not only that he's lacking all these good things that people are saying, but in addition, they loaded upon him false praises, makes him more ashamed. He said, not only do I am I ashamed, because I know my faults, but even more ashamed, now you're embarrassing me by saying about me things that are not true. Now that's an important point, to understand that COVID in itself is nothing. The said, COVID is for the next world. When I call this boy, gives COVID, that's covered, yes. That's real covered. It's not imaginary. But in this world, it's only imaginary. It gives a muscle. It's like kugel. Kugel is great for Shabbos. If somebody finds kugel prepared for Shabbos and eats it up air of Shabbos, it's a long time to eat the kugel. So therefore, covered, he says, kugel. Let it wait till the next world. If I call it, if I give it to you, then you know it's... No part of this lecture 
may be reproduced in any form even for personal use.